It's fine. Since when do you not listen? Since now, honey. Okay. (laughs) She does. Mm. Mm -hmm. We don't have Bushra in here. She'd give us all the sass. Okay, so today in the studio, we have um, Rosemary Cerrone. Okay, let let me do that again. (laughs) Today in the studio, we have Rosemary Cerrone. She's a cardiothoracic surgery fellow um, who I met when I first started third year. And Rosemary, I think it's really cool that you can make it to our podcast, especially because it's called Bundle of Hers. And I feel like it's really fitting that we have some either cardiologist or cardiothoracic surgeon fellow um, come and actually have a conversation with us. So thanks for taking out the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, So I just want to first start out with how we basically met. I remember when I was an undergrad, I um, shadowed Dr. Selzman. And this was, I think, like six or seven years ago. And I just remember that moment of shadowing him and seeing uh, open heart surgery was very impactful for me for choosing medicine. So we're only required to do eight weeks of surgery, but I had elective time. So I thought it would be very fitting of me to go back into that space. And that's where I first met you. And it was also your first time in Utah as well, right? That's right. I had just moved to Salt Lake City from Phoenix, Arizona. I just finished uh, general surgery there. And so, yeah, I met you my like second weekend or third weekend here. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that service. We actually uh, didn't really have that much OR time together because it was a slow week. But in the end of the week, we got to see um, bilateral lung transplant, which is, I think, one of the most memorable things I've experienced in my whole life. There was um, something very specific in that um, week I was with you that has struck me. And I have really wanted to record with you for a long time because um, you also are one person that stuck out to me in my entire journey of third year. And I think the biggest reason why is that you really cared for your patients. And even though I only saw you, I would say maybe two hours in a day because we rounded together. Mm-hmm. That was something that I noticed. And another thing is you always used everyone's name. I don't know if you know this, but people don't often do that. Is that something that you do consciously or is that something that just came to you naturally? I guess I've never thought about it um, or had somebody point that out to me before. I just think that no matter what stage in your training you are, you deserve to be an integral part of the team. And particularly as a medical student, I mean, you're paying to be there. And I think it's extremely important to make you feel included. And um, it's my job to teach you as much as I can and engage with you. And you deserve that. And so I guess I never noticed that I do that. I think it really stuck with me because you were so um, humble with your approach. But then another thing on the flip side and what I really wanted to have a conversation with you today is about confidence. And what I mean by that is I remember when we first met, there was one feedback you gave me the second day we were together and you said, Harjeet, I I don't remember exactly the particular words you used, but you had noticed in me that I knew my information, but I wasn't being able to convey it. And I think I was worrying a lot about how I sounded. Um, Was I saying things properly or not? And you said that you had the opportunity to work with patients since you were 18 years old um, because you did a dual program, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And then um, you said that kind of builds with time, but that's something you wanted to see in me. And when you said that, it really stuck with me because I think I've always struggled with self-confidence. I kind of wanted to know, like, 
what your thoughts are on how uh, med students can develop themselves in the arena of confidence. Uh, well, I think someone once gave me the advice in medical school, actually, literally fake it till you make it. It's not to say that you're faking what you know, because, you know, you're going through medical school, you're developing the knowledge. When it comes to the clinical side of things, it's really hard to make that transition into seeing patients all of a sudden and then articulating to a group of people that's watching you uh, when you're presenting during rounds or, you know, even if you walk into a patient room and interviewing the patient and the patient's family is there, that can be intimidating. But just having that in the back of your mind, it's not really you're faking it, but you are almost faking that confidence. And I truly thought that that kind of helped me at least initially get through the overwhelming sense that people are watching me, people are judging me, people are going to care about how I articulate the way I present my rounds, etc. And so I think that's how it started. But then I think that just develops into actually having confidence. I think that's a really hard question overall. And it's really hard to instill that in someone else. What I really think helps is actually just having someone believe in you and having mentors on your side. And so I had two really strong people that I looked up to in medical school, and they were strong women. And then when I moved to Phoenix, my classmates or my residency class were all women, and there were a lot of women in my program. And that just gave me, you know, the arena kind of to bounce ideas off of and bounce how I'm feeling. All of my general surgery attendings were men. Um, I don't think that's uncommon, but, you know, more and more women are going to surgery, but you have to kind of find people that are going to be there for you. And that could be men too. Uh, But those people that believe in you are the ones that help instill that confidence that you need. And so I think that's probably what I was trying to do for you was just, hey, just take a breath. I know that you know what you're doing. I know that you know you have the information. And it's just having someone on your side that allows you to kind of relax and then say to yourself like, yeah, I do got this. I think in general, surgery is known for or maybe this is a stereotype, just like everything that surgeons are very like, oh, I can do everything. I'm good at everything. I'm the best type of doctor. Where is that line of overconfidence? How does that come in? How do you make sure you're kind of in a right balance of being confident, but also not being that you know everything? Or is it important to be like, oh, I know everything and I can do anything I want? (laughs) Well, I think certainly as a surgeon, there needs to be a very healthy level of confidence. Um, where it crosses over into the danger zone is when you don't have humility and when you don't recognize that your confidence is maybe masking what's actually happening with the patient or you don't want to hear feedback from someone else about, hey, I don't think that's the right step or I actually think that the patient needs this. And so if you can't listen to your colleagues or, you know, really slow down and and, um, understand that you can be wrong, then I think that's when that confidence you know, is dangerous. And I also think that surgeons, I mean, we can do it all, let's say, not to sound pompous, but we, in the morning, we run on our patients on our on our own and we do all the things that our patients need for the day before 7.30 because then we need to go to the operating room. And then sometimes in the afternoon we go to clinic. And so we're doing inpatient surgery and outpatient all in the same day. You have to have an entire level of skill set that, you know, maybe a general practitioner just doesn't. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you kind of just mentioned humility. So do you see that like, do you think confidence ever um, comes like head to head with humility? And like I already mentioned in that story that we started with, 
that's one thing that I noticed in you. Not only were you confident, but you were also like I I noticed that you were humble with your patients and everyone a part of the team. You knew the nurses' names. You were like you told me you're like Kirji. If you have time, um, help the nurses out and make sure you clean up after yourself because it's important that you know how to do all the work. Like these are all the things that I remember you telling me, and I've taken it forward. And it's something that I don't think I hear often. Is confidence and humility on the same? Are they on the same side, or do they work against each other? I think that's person to person dependent. Um, for me, it works together. My humility comes from the reason why I wanted to become a surgeon in the first place. I think that there is no deeper or more profound relationship between a patient and a physician than when someone trusts you to, you know, literally put them to sleep, you know, with an anesthesiologist and cut them yeah. open and do something. I just found that extremely humbling uh, when I was going through my rotations as a as a medical student. I liked having a problem to fix. And so the combination of the two just really drew me to surgery. And I think that if I didn't go through those actions of getting to know my patients and getting to know the team members, one, I think patient care, it's not as good because um, nurses want to work with you more if you, you know, know their names. Or if I pull out a chest tube, then if I made a mess, I'm going to pick those things up. I just think that's important. Those things just keep me happier at work. Those are the things that kind of fill my cup along with what I'm doing. I mean, I can't really speak for other people, but I know that if I didn't do those small things and get to know my team members and really, truly care for my patients, I wouldn't be, I don't think I'd be as happy in the field of surgery. Yeah. I want to ask you, what drew you to cardiothoracic surgery specifically? Um, so, in Phoenix, Arizona, I was at um, St. Joseph's Hospital and Medical Center, and that's associated with Norton Thoracic, um, the Norton Thoracic Center. Going through my third year rotation, or when I was a general surgery resident, my, in my third year I went through a rotation, I didn't actually enjoy it that much, but I think it was the team dynamics, because it's kind of like any rotation you go through. If you don't like the team, then you're like, I don't like this. But it was the second to the last day of that rotation where uh, Dr. Michael Smith asked me to join him for a surgery. He was just like, hey, Cerrone, just pop in. And he's like, I just want you to do the thoracotomy and then you can jump over and do your other case. And then before I knew it, he let me do the entire right upper lobectomy. And I had never appreciated the pulmonary artery anatomy in that way. And it was beautiful. It was just absolutely beautiful. I mean, I walked in the next morning with this. I still had a smile on my face. I remember uh, Dr. Smith was like, Cerrone, what did you do last night? I was like, nothing. I did a lobe with you yesterday and I was just high on life. And that's just a feeling you can't, you know, I can't forget. And then when I returned as a fourth year, you know, cardiothoracic was part of my interest. They actually let me implant five lungs. And so I did all three anastomoses on that side. And it was just, I mean, I was just sold between the anatomy, watching physiology change right in front of your eyes. And then the chance to take care of patients with cancer. I just thought it had everything for me. It just fulfilled everything I loved and didn't even know it. Do you have any specific goals in mind that you want to achieve once you're done with your fellowship and you're a cardiothoracic surgeon? Any specific group of people you want to work with or anything like that? Any dreams you're aspiring <laughs> still to achieve? <laughs> I haven't totally quite figured it out. I definitely want to work, continue to work with residents and I want to work with medical students. I love it. I love that aspect of it and inspiring, you know, young minds. But honestly, I I mean, I, I don't yet know. I definitely know that I want transplant to be in my future. Um, but outside of that, there's a lot to consider. So I'm still figuring it out. I'm still just developing myself. So yeah. 
And then I also um, follow you on Instagram and I just wanted to kind of talk about being like a female surgeon. Yeah. Um, a lot of your hashtags are always like, you know, this is what a surgeon looks like and like lady boss. There's a lot of, <laughs> I don't remember exactly each word, but I just remember you actually did post one thing, which I think we would connect to because you said every day is International Women's Day. That's right. And we believe that too, because we're Love like, it. why is there a day for this? Like every day right. is for everyone. Yeah. But um, how do you see yourself as an advocate or is that something you consider yourself being for like female physicians, female surgeons? Oh, yeah, definitely. I love the movement that's happening right now. Women are just they're having their time and I think it's only going to get better. Um, You know, you can't really change the word feminism and the true definition, but there is a new sense of feminism and it's not this aggressive man hating club. It's new in a way of just trying to inspire and it kind of goes back to the confidence thing and just letting young women know that you can do this. I grew up from, from nothing, like absolutely nothing. We were dirt poor and I had minimal opportunities, you know, from that kind of standpoint. And I just look back and I just knew I wanted to be a doctor. And I think like truly, if you set your mind to anything, you can do it. And so just letting people know that you can do it too, it just means a lot. I think having strong female mentors out there is critical. And if I could be that for someone that would really fulfill or fill me up. I get not a lot, but after if I do post something geared towards women and particularly in surgery, I'll get direct messages about how did you do this? What was your route? I don't know if I can do it. And so you hear that a lot. I just want people to know that your dream can absolutely become your reality. If you have a goal, you can you can do it. And um, I actually really connected with something that you said. You said something that like confidence kind of shows through your journey. And I think that's makes me feel a lot better, too, because I've always as I said, I've always thought I wasn't a very confident person, but I've gotten this far and like mm-hmm. I should be proud of myself for getting this far with like the minimal opportunities that I had as well. And this year has been like really, really good for me because I will say like even in my clinicals, because I'm like, Harjeet, you know this, just say it. Every rotation, I feel like I'm doing better and better just because of the fact that I'm like, appearing like I'm confident and Mm -hmm. inside I feel like I am it's still really hard because I've grown up being so uh not confident it's still like hard but I think that's the thing like appearing like you are kind of helps you become that way as well yeah and that's that kind of fake it till you make it right you know um idea that I was talking about in the beginning and allowing other people to see your confidence whether or not it's totally true like it goes it goes really far and you know and then more and more people start believing in you I think yeah Um, because if you're that nervous student that is fumbling and things like that people kind of stop listening to you and so just take a moment slow it down tell yourself you got it right I think everybody just needs to be a little bit kinder to themselves and to others yes and if you do that then you know people can thrive around you I agree with that What would be your advice for women wanting to pursue the field of surgery and then furthermore cardiothoracic surgery? I feel like there's a lot of pushback from women, even going into med school, right? In the sense, I understand it's like 50-50 now across the nation. It's getting better. And it's getting better. And I know like growing up in southern Utah, that was a huge problem is we could not get women to go into medicine. Do you have any thoughts, ideas, or um, any advice for anything that you've experienced and what motivated you to push further and maybe even motivated other women to go further into the field? I would say, um, and this kind of sums up kind of the whole discussion that we've been talking about, is 
one, definitely believe in yourself. And I know that may be really difficult, but I really just think that if you have a goal and you have a dream and you're passionate about it, that passion can take you so far. I think two, definitely find someone that you can talk to intimately about struggles that you have in the field and find someone that will really be an advocate for you. When I was in medical school, there was, I'll never forget, uh, Brooke Nelson. She was one of the general surgery chief residents. And so she was like my first entity that I was like, whoa, this woman has it all. Like she can do it. And she walks into a room and she just has presence. I stuck by her side and soaked up everything she had to offer, took everything she said to heart. And I remember when I was a medical student, I used to say, I want to be like Brooke. And towards the end of medical school and as I was matching into surgery or deciding that surgery was uh, my path, I remember texting her and saying like, yeah, I was talking to so-and-so today. And I was like, and I just, I said that again. I was like, I want to be like Brooke. And she's like, you want to be like you. She's like, you need to start saying you want to be like Rosemary. And so I was like, whoa, yeah, I do. (laughs) So that was huge. So I think definitely having someone that you can talk to. And then three, (laughs) you're going to get... I mean, you guys probably maybe get it. Like you say, oh, yeah, I'm in medical school. I'm a third year medical student. Like, oh, well, what kind of nurse are you going to be? Or, you know, what's PA school like? That is going to happen all the time. And that's going to happen even when you're a doctor. And that's going to happen even when you're, you know, in advanced fellow training. You can't get mad about it. You may be upset about it. You politely correct people because you worked really hard to get where you are. And so it's okay to say like, no, actually, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Just owning your presence as a physician and you're even going to get pushback from other female physicians. And so I think just being polite about it and correcting people and small bits of that will hopefully change over time. And, you know, just educating people around you uh, is important, but not reacting to those kind of comments or you know, just being more polite about it and being kind about it will hopefully change people and yeah. their perceptions of work in progress. what women are supposed yeah. to be doing. <laughs> I think so. And I think like discussions we have on this podcast, you know, it's that the field is changing in the sense that I think a lot of times we bind ourselves by like norms, like, oh, this is just the way things are. Oh, but maybe I could do this. Sometimes it's just like going in there and trying. That's one thing I think that is like shifting in that direction. And that's why we talk about representation a lot on our podcast, like just being there and being present and being visible makes you an advocate just like that because people see you and they're like, oh, I can do that too. And I think that's one thing uh, really beautiful about like your journey as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you came. It's really nice to like work with you in the beginning and now I'm towards my end. I know I've made a lot of progress and there's so much more to make because we're always growing people. But um, I am very thankful and grateful there are women like you who are visible and present and who um, take your space that you deserve and that you've worked really hard for. And that's just a reminder for people like me that we all can do this. So thank you. Thank you. Lean, do you know the ending? Oh, okay. I'll I'll do it. Um, So if you guys have any comments or want to have a discussion about women in the field of surgery or even just in general being badass, um, you can reach us at any of our social media platforms at Bundle of Hers. Hopefully you guys all get inspired just like I was. So um, thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.
Bye. <laughs> Just make it really weird. Thanks so much, Rosemary. Yeah, of that course. was awesome. Thank you.